Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson from savewithconrad.com. Heads up, homeowners. All of a sudden, your house is worth more than ever these last few years. But what are we going to do with that newfound equity? No, I'm not suggesting you sell your house or go buy something else. But didn't we all make this decision when we bought a house where we said, hey, someday we'd like to, and one day it would be nice if, maybe it's the dream kitchen, maybe it's an in-ground pool, maybe it's a man cave. But you've got this newfound equity, and I think we should use some of that equity to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket. But even better than that, we're routinely helping folks do this and they wind up with a cheaper monthly payment. So if you got the dream house you always wanted with no money out of pocket and your payments went down, how easy is that? Find out how easy it is to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. We can't wait to hear about your projects. Tell us what your dream is. We're gonna help you make it happen at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! are about to be spoken here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy presented to you by the ad free shows network and podcast seat. I of course am John Alba and that right there is the woken one, the broken one, the spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy coming to us from just outside of Houston, Texas today. What's going on, man? Just hanging out, man. We're ready for a big show here in Rosenberg, which is uh, literally like a suburb of Houston. So it's Houston. We'll chalk it up to Houston. We actually just talked about Houston not that long ago on our 9-11 episode, which you can go check out in the archives, extremehardy.com. What's going on this week? I was so glad I got to hang out with you this past week. You were up in New York City for Comic-Con. We got to grab some uh, great sushi and hibachi, and I know that's always a good good night at the office for Matt Hardy whenever you get some Asian cuisine. So, <laughs> I got to tell you, you picked out a winning spot, John. It was a great, great food, great meal, and... Uh, we were just talking about the leftovers. I, I ate my leftovers for breakfast the next morning, and they were gooder than hell. Oh, as, they were uh, gooder than hell, yes. Gooder <laughs> than hell, as we used to say with the ENC. 
<laughs> they were they hit they absolutely did hit no questions asked about that they they were so great over there uh at that place too very hospitable and uh really appreciated that i was glad we got to hang out it's always fun getting a chance and what what i love most about it barely talked business we just talked life and that that yeah. to me was oh that was i needed that so badly <laughs> yeah, the best now, Matt, before we get too into the weeds on this edition of The Extreme Life of Mad Hardy, you know this podcast drops early access for all of our friends over on adfreeshows.com, and it's more than just that for bonus content. We're talking some of the best bonus content in all of pro wrestling right over on adfreeshows.com. There's one that members can't seem to get enough of, and that is our Ask Conrad series. It just dropped its 60th episode and you get to ask the Podfather any question you want. Here's an exclusive clip from episode 60 of Ask Conrad talking about wrestling currently being hotter than ever. Dylan Leahy says there have been two wrestling booms in WWE's history, the Golden Era and the uh, Attitude Era. And Conrad's opinion, or are we going to look back at this current period of wrestling as the third big boom and really wrestling as a whole? Yes, we're in it right now. We're in the biggest boom of all right now. And I know that people would argue that and say less people are watching. That doesn't matter. What matters is how much money is coming in. And they're more profitable doing bigger numbers than ever before right now. We're in the boom right now. He is not wrong about that. You can catch all 60-plus episodes of Ask Conrad, plus other exclusive series like Lex Express with Lex Luger, Tuesday with The Taskmaster with Kevin Sullivan, Monday Mailbag with Mike Kyoto and Nick Patrick, and a whole lot more only at adfreeshows.com. How was Comic-Con? Good. It was insane. Uh, I'd actually tweet my back, uh, not this last rampage, but the rampage before a little bit. And it was like, good. it was just nothing big, like SI joy and inflamed, whatever. But I was on my feet so much during those Comic-Con days. I was there from 10 to seven each day. And it was like on my feet, taking pictures, signing autographs for three days straight back to back. And almost like my back's like, Oh shit, I got to start icing it again. <laughs> Cause uh, you know, Comic-Con almost blew my back out. It was, it was wild, but it, it was great, man. It's a huge, massive event. I'd never done the New York Comic-Con and it had been on my bucket list. I wanted to check that off and, and I got to do it. So that was very, very cool. And so many great people came through the line. We did uh, such such amazing business and we were so busy the whole while. And it's so funny. Uh, I think some of the other guys that were there, some of the even older legends, they were telling Tony, like, can you just kind of put Matt Hardy somewhere else? Like, you know, can you put him somewhere else? He's like taking all our business from us. But it was amazing, man. I, I, I love the fact that so many people came out. So many people were supporting me and hanging out. And I just got to interact with so many people that were longtime Del Hart Hardy Boys fans. And I love hearing the stories about how they jumped off uh, the the stairs onto the couch or the bed and they broke it and they got in trouble by doing leg drops and swan towns and whatnot. I just, I love just experiencing all those things. Yeah. And it's still so great. I'm just so appreciative and grateful that so many people have so much love for myself and Jeff. Well, here is the good news, my friends. Things do not have to stop there as far as me, Matt Hardy, because you can meet Matt Hardy at WrestleCade November 24th. I am so freaking excited for this, Matt Hardy. For those who don't know, WrestleCade weekend, three-day family-friendly convention for fans of wrestling and sports entertainment. It's going to bring together more than 125 of your favorite wrestling stars from all areas, including both Matt and I, even though I don't know if I quite fit 
that description. But Matt Hardy certainly does, as does brother Nero, Jeff Hardy. It's going to run November 24th to the 26th at the Benton Convention Center in Winston-Salem. Ticket information is at WrestleCade.com. But the best part is Matt and I will be doing a live show, 8.30 p.m. Friday night, November 24th, with some special guests. What can people expect, Matt? Oh, it's going to be great. Here at WrestleCade, we are going to produce we're going to produce a five single five single five star live podcast. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a a couple really cool guests. We're going to be announcing pretty soon in the next few weeks and whatnot. Uh, Jeff's going to be around. My wife's going to be around. I mean, you never know who who in the gaggle of Hardy Children are going to pop up too. So That's true. it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Jeff's going to be doing a concert after you guys wrestle on Saturday. Is that correct? That is correct. Jeff will be performing. Uh, and Jeff said he's always had this urge. He's had this desire to like go straight, uh, wrestle a match and then go straight to the, uh, go straight to the stage. So he's actually going to be checking that off his bucket list coming up as well. I love it. That's super, super cool. So make sure you check out WrestleCade, get your tickets, WrestleCade.com. And if you just look up the live show panel, you're going to see the tickets for our live event. It's going to be worth it. Every single one of our live shows we've done have been fantastic. And everyone talks about what a great time they have coming out of them. I, I know that this is going to be an awesome one as well. WrestleCade.com, Friday, November 24th, 8.30 p.m., right after the GCW show. Matt and I are going to have a great time with all the Extreme Life and North Carolinian faithful. So it's going to be a yes. fun time at the office there. I want to recap a couple things real quick here before we talk about what's ahead on this week's edition of the extreme life. Last week we did an episode of Tony Khan and his birthday and we celebrated uh, his accomplishments in wrestling and talked a little bit about his psyche. We know it was a, a very busy week in the life of Tony Khan. The NXT and AW shows went head to head. It was a big win for NXT, but altogether it was a big win for wrestling because more than a million and a half fans watched wrestling on Tuesday night. Any thoughts on any of that or episode last week? Anything you'd like to throw out there? Uh, no, that was fun. It was fun to talk about Tony Khan. He's a he's a very intriguing individual uh, and, and often polarizing sometimes to yes. the die, most diehard of fans. So, uh, no, I, I love chatting about Tony Khan. And, and I got to say, once again, Tony Khan has, has been great to me. So I, I got nothing but good things to say about him. It was a fun show. Go back and listen to it. ExtremeHardy.com. Yeah, speaking of WWE, the news came out this week. I want to pick your brain on it uh, about Ari Emanuel, mm. the head of Endeavor, uh, more or less, and I'm simplifying it here, but more or less decreeing that Paul Levesque would be fully in charge of WWE creative and that Vince would not be involved in that capacity and strictly would be involved in the business sense with WWE as the executive chair there. What are your thoughts on that? Because We've noticed in the last month there have been significant creative changes on Raw where it's much more in the vein of the Paul Levesque style of storytelling. Vince mm -hmm. seemingly for good here out of the creative process. What do you think? Imagine being the guy who has enough juice, who has enough power to look at Vince McMahon and say when it comes to creative, you're fire. Ooh, who would have thunk it? Well, that's one of the ramifications of selling the company. And it's not like Vince didn't know that this was possible when this move was made. It's 
it has been on the table since the start. Even mm-hmm. though Ari Emanuel did say at the beginning of this process that he didn't foresee them getting involved in the creative process. Clearly, plans change, pal. And we got to let it play out. And uh, did you ever get hit with plans Astrid. change? Did you, Astrid, uh, right. did you change? Did, did, did you ever get hit with plans change, pal? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Card subject to change, of course. Yeah, many times. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, Vince no longer involved in the creative process. I mean, do you have anything that you actually want to say on that front? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a positive and it's a win for WWE. Just, you know, Vince, you, you cannot deny his contributions to sports entertainment, professional wrestling, to WWE. Uh, he is the greatest promoter of all time. I mean, that's that's definitely that's going to go on his tombstone as of right now. And uh, it's just time to change, you know, and it, it was time to move on. It was time to have someone a little younger, a little more forward thinking, a little bit someone who has more of their finger on the pulse of pop culture and, and today's wrestling fans. And uh, I, I think uh, Paul Levesque was the guy to go with. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a positive thing for WWE. I believe so as well, especially when all the business metrics indicate that that is going to be the case. We've seen in the last year, you know, as I say, the proof is in the pudding, right? Yeah. And when when Vince was gone, business really started booming. Um, is there a correlation between that? I don't know. You can you can draw lines of your own if you would like to. Uh, but what I do know, Matt, is that if you want to check out business metrics, you can go check out uh, Brandon Thurston's WrestleNomics. He does great work over there, and you can track his charts that he does and. Uh, I bring that up, Matt, because Brandon Thurston was the trainer of our special guest on The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy today. Did you know oh, that? Wrestling trainer? Yes. I did not know that. So, so Brandon Thurston also is a, is a wrestler? Brandon Thurston was an indie wrestler for a long time. I, I, I had no clue. I, I've just seen, like, I have seen his work on some of the stuff he does. I mean, his attention to detail is magnificent. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's remarkable how detailed and how in the weeds he goes when it comes to numbers and ratings and, and attendance and ticket and all that stuff. Wow. No, I had no idea. I uh, Thurston was an indie wrestler and he was prominent, especially in the Buffalo area. He had his school and one of his early students was a young man who was our special guest on the extreme life of Matt Hardy today. And his name, of course, is Daniel Garcia. Look at that. I learned that today. Yep. And Kevin Blackwood, too. Uh, Someone who you'll hear Daniel talk about in a little bit on this podcast. But Daniel Garcia is joining the Extreme Life today. I I know some people may be saying, well, what does Daniel Garcia have to do with Matt Hardy? But uh, I'd like you to fill everyone in, Matt. Why why is Daniel Garcia a good guest here for the Extreme Life? Uh, We've uh, kind of become buddies recently. You know, uh, obviously... Isaiah, I call him my bio, and uh, Daniel Garcia and Isaiah are kind of besties right now. They got a little bromance going on. And considering I'm close with Isaiah and Danny's close with Isaiah, then, you know, myself and Danny, we started bonding. So we've gotten along really good, and uh, I thought it would be a great time to bring him out. He's a really interesting character. I think he's going to be a big pillar, a big cornerstone of pro wrestling for years to come now. I, I think he's got a ton of potential. He's going to do great things. And I, I really want to get him on the show. And I know you've got a great history with him as well. You're kind of his old advocate, you know, to, to use a term from Paul Heyman. Uh, and, and I love the fact that you guys have such a great relationship yeah. as well. And uh, I, I, I want to get in here and pick his brain. 
I, I worked with Daniel extensively on the Indies for several years. So much so I've managed against him. He put me in a sharpshooter one time while holding my Emmy Award. <laughs> it was uh, it was quite a scene. Uh, let me tell you, his sharpshooter hurts. It is a legit sharpshooter. It's no Dwayne Johnson sharpshooter where you turn him over and the guy's barely in the lock, but you know it's the rock, so you don't care. Daniel Garcia, he lays it on thick. Yeah, it was. Was there ever anyone who put you in a hold that really laid on the hold when he had you in it? Yeah, I mean, I've I've had that happen a few times. I, I I've had it with a. Uh, probably more than anybody else just working with Chris, with Jericho. Sometimes those line tamers have been on. And this is, you know, when I was a little more flexible back in the day as well. I mean, but he, he would lay that, he would lay that shit in, man. Did Benoit lay his submissions in? Oh yeah. Benoit laid everything in. Yeah. It was always real. You, you, you knew if you're wrestling Chris Benoit, it wasn't an entertainment day. It wasn't an entertainment night. Yeah. You were going to have to go in there and fight for your life. Yeah. I always felt like probably him, Jericho. I can't imagine a Kurt, and I know Kurt is one of the safest workers ever, but I can't imagine a Kurt Angle ankle lock feels too good either. Right. True. That's, that's gotta, it's gotta hurt a little bit. I, I wouldn't know though. Um, but yeah, Daniel is going to be our those, guest those, here. Those, those legit guys like Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, uh, they, they have to look legit. So yeah, they're, they're definitely going to uh, make it snug. Love that. Daniel Garcia is our guest here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. And I have no doubt that this is going to be a great one. Well, it is that time of the day, Matt Hardy. You know what I'm going to ask? Please hit us with that Matt fact. Matt fact. Matt has never torn a muscle. Buddy, you are putting that out there into the universe. That is Bro, some bad I don't, I don't. I don't believe in that shit, man. Okay. Right, with that being said, <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in it, man. I, I, I'm throwing it out there, okay? I, I, you know, people knock on wood, I don't even need to do that. I want to introduce, at this time, one of the hottest pro wrestlers in the world who is uh, burning up the scene here at AAW, especially with his dance. He's a sex pot. The chicks love it. The dudes love it. Everybody loves him. May I introduce DG Daniel Garcia? Hell yeah. DG, my boy. And since I'm here, I think it's only right that I hit these guys with a Daniel Garcia fact of the day. Yes, sir. Hit a Danny fact. Danny fact. Daniel Garcia in eighth grade took second place in his eighth grade social studies beat. Look at that. <laughs> I'm here for it. How uh how'd that go, man? Were, were you a big uh were you a big history buff? Yeah, I mean, I was always pretty uh Got pretty good grades growing up. Uh, I was in my homework. Uh, I don't want to say I was like super smart, but like I was very good at following directions and getting all my work done, studying. I was always a very hard worker. And you know, like I thought I had it in the bag, but this uh, this girl Zara, I got one question wrong, <laughs> and she beat me. You know, it, it still haunts me to this day. I got pictures of me with my trophy. Uh, it's hanging up in my living room. So. I love the fact that that girl's name is like burnt Zara. I ran into her recently because I still live in Buffalo for the first time in like since probably the social studies beat it was probably uh -huh. the last time I saw her. I ran into where she was giving me a hard time about it. You know? <laughs> wow. That's tremendous. So it's like you're on global television and yet this girl lives rent free in the back of your head. Those are the things that will always haunt you, you know? <laughs> not not messing up on TV or anything. Losing your social studies beat will always haunt me. Well, I'm so glad that you're hopping on the extreme life with us here. I, it's really, 
Uh, very fulfilling for me because I've seen you grow into this unbelievable world-renowned superstar here over the years. And now you're out there crushing it every single week on AEW TV and you've grown so close to Matt. And I think that's a really cool thing to have someone like Matt uh, as part of your journey. How did you guys even really get linked up? What was the story behind that? I mean, I think probably a lot of it is Isaiah, right? Yeah, you know, sure. I, this is something too, like, a, people, a lot of people back in the day knew Single Matt, right? And Single Matt ran hard and heavy with MVP. And I, you know, I, I called Danny and Isaiah the new Matt and MVP. <laughs> they're, they're doing it in 2023, you know what I mean? Uh, my, my days are over. I'm married, Matt. You know, I'm good. My, my, my Jesse, Jay's day, uh, Jesse James days are long gone. But, you know, these guys, they still live it up. They're out in the city every night. They're out in the city after the show, doing it up big. And I, and I love to see it, man. It's like the next generation is, uh, is living life to the fullest. Yeah, me, me and Isaiah are obviously very good friends. He's my best friend in wrestling. So um, I'm very close with him. Matt is obviously very close with Isaiah. They work together. And uh, Matt's one of his heroes, just like he's every – Kid, wrestling kid my age heroes and um you know because i'm with isaiah so much isaiah would talk to matt at work and eventually i would just talk to matt and then we would tell him stories about us going out yeah and then he would tell <laughs> stories about him and mvp going out and seeing if we could replicate those stories you know it's a uh, it's really cool getting so close with him over the past couple months ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, U.S. cellular customers. I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like y'all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. I was just going to say, is too. he the MVP or is he the Matt? Is, is, is Daniel the MVP or is he the Matt of that pairing? Mm, he, 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 might be the, he might be the Matt of the pairing. He might be the Matt of the pairing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's out of control. You know, they're, they're, they're both shooting for that top spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and speaking of these crazy times, I had an anonymous message from someone. They wanted me to ask you okay. something. And their name may start with an I or spell with a Z. Uh, start with a Z considering right, how you spell it right. or how you pronounce it. Uh, what does fuck it? Let's do it mean. You know, that's, that's, that's the motto when you're in a city for a couple hours and, you know, you got a 4 a.m. flight or... You know, you got some work obligations coming up, but you still want to have some fun. You still want to make the most of the city you're in. Fucking let's do it. That's all you can say. That's it. I That's like all it. you can say sometimes. Damn. Damn. What was it about Zay that you really connected with, DG? Man, me and Isaiah, uh, we were always cool on the indies. Like, we ran into each other. We talked on social media, stuff like that. But the first night, I remember the night that we became friends. We were in uh, Orlando for a dark taping. 
And Isaiah says it's like one of the best days of his life. <laughs> uh, we had like these two like pretty good matches on dark. And then we we snuck into uh, Universal Studios. Right we're not supposed to do that at work. Okay. But we went to Universal and like we went on rides and like we were watching like this is going to sound so romantic. Like we were watching <laughs> we were watching like the sunset on rides and stuff. And uh, it was just a great day. And then, you know, he asked me, hey, like, do you want to go out in Orlando? And of course, I'm like, yeah, I would love to go out. Like, I love going out. And then we went out and like we just had the time of our life. So I think what really impressed Isaiah with me is like he drinks and he gets a little crazy. I don't drink or like I don't do drugs or drink, but I was like still matching his energy. Like I was still just as crazy as he was, still having just as good as he does. And, you know, after that we were like locked in for life. What a bromance. Uh-huh. What a bromance. Now, yeah. Dude, I, I was I had a joke <laughs> with bromance in it, but you beat me to it. I, I love it though. I, I love to hear. A romance is lovely in 2023. I feel like me and him have a relationship now when we're at work and say you see like Isaiah walking down the hallway. It's like, oh, like, where's Daniel? You see me walking down the hallway. Yo, yo, where's Isaiah? People are always asking us like where each other are. Tony Schiavone, if he needs one of us for a pre-tape, he asks one of us where the other person is. You know, it's a beautiful thing that we have. Matt, how important is that as someone on the road to have people in your periphery like that? It, it, it's important. It, it's it's nice to have people that you bond with, people that you trust, that you can travel with, that you can experience new experiences with, and and they're doing it. And, and I say that all the time. When you're young and single, you need to live life to the fullest because, you know, you never know. You might be single forever, but if you decide to get married and have kids, then that kind of changes. It changes your priorities. So while you're young and single, you get all that shit in, man, because it's important. If you're out traveling in the world, you need to see the world. I mean, you can't waste that time. I feel like how much have you, sorry, how much have you picked his brain about that period of his life? Not, not even the wrestling stuff. (laughs) A lot. You know, I feel like we've asked him more about the real life stuff than we have the wrestling stuff. Just asking him for advice and, uh, and tips on, you know, like what that period of his life is like and, you know, like what he learned, what he learned from it and, Mm -hmm like what the best parts were, like what he enjoyed the most, like what he would do if he was in our position in today's day and age. I feel like we've asked him so much about that stuff. We were probably annoyed about at catering like every week. It's like, <laughs> hey, Matt, do you have any stories about, you know, we're in Houston right now. Hey, Matt, you got any Houston stories? We'll be in Memphis this weekend. Hey, Matt, you got any Memphis stories? Like that's what it's like with him. <laughs> that's why he's got uh, to uh, stream life of Matt Hardy every week and you get these great stories <laughs> and you can find in the archives extremehardy.com you should check it out sometime <laughs> um I love that man I love that so much I think it's so great that you have those quality good people in your periphery and guiding you along the way because you really are a, a hell of a talent Matt I'd love to know what were your first impressions of DG as as a talent when you saw him for the first time in person? Oh, I mean, I, I thought he was great right from the jump. I mean, you know, obviously it was very impressive, like his, his technical skills, the actual wrestling he could do. And, you know, you could tell he's like a legit athlete. Um, so right from the jump, I, I thought he was good. And then the more I got to know him, you see how much personality he has, how much charisma he has and, and whatnot. And I love the fact that he's now busting out the dance. And I would like to ask, what was the beginning of the dance? Like, how did that all start? And what was the inspiration behind it? Man, I never really intended the dance to, like, become a thing, like, as much as it has in, in the ring. But um, it was just something, you know, me and Isaiah and Play would do it when we, we cheesecake. Yeah, we yeah, We would yeah. do it when we go cheesecake? out. Cheesecake? Like, cheesecake. We would always do, like, our little, uh, just, like, little, like, dance move, like, little Latin dance moves. I love Latin music. Uh, 
Isaiah and Cheesecake can't can't stand it. I listen to it too much. <laughs> um, I would just do it like when we go out. And I think we were in El Paso for the first time in a like, big Latin community. I had a match with Ricky Starks. And you, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this crowd into it right now. So I started busting out like a little dance. The start, crowd started like coming up for it. And I'm like, okay, like that was cool. Maybe it's something I'll throw in in the heat every once in a while. Maybe it's something I'll throw in as like a little taunt. Right. And then, you know, by the time Forbidden Door this year, Toronto, uh, it took on a life of its own. It took on a life of its, its own. It's amazing. Is El Paso, is that when we stayed right by the border? Yeah, that yeah. That was that show, right? We were dead on the border. You could uh -huh. see the Mexico flag. Like the really cool hotel. Yeah. Like the outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. yep. Uh, one thing I got to say, man, something this dance reminds me of is that when Jeff, when we first started and we were going to get a push, there were some of the older vets who said, like, I, you don't need to do that dance. You need to be taken seriously. You need to be taken seriously. Don't do the dance. And it reminds me a little bit of how some of your partners are. They're trying to shut that dance down mm -hmm. a little bit. And I think you got to let the dance free. You know, Jeff let, let his dance free, and obviously it turned into a big deal. <laughs> it worked out well. And your, yours is doing it as well. Yeah, dude, when you're 46 years old on the indies doing conventions and stuff, like you'll be able to milk that cash cow for years to come. <laughs> the, keep that in your back pocket. Video of me doing the dance. <laughs> I'd go in even 100. Oh, I mean, well, at our live show, at our live show that you joined us in with Zay in Boston, I put you guys on the spot to do your best Hardy Boy Juke. And not for nothing, like, I mean, Zay, Zay is a pro juker. He is professional. You, you, you crushed it yourself, yeah. man. Yeah, like, I, I think the juke is the only dance that Isaiah knows how to do, to be honest. <laughs> Whenever we go out, say, say, like, the beat's about to drop the song. He goes, yo, 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 yo. And he starts, he starts doing it because Isaiah can dance. Like, that's a very uh, common misconception about Isaiah. Even Tony, when we brought us out to New York, yeah, he was like, yeah, then you can bring out someone who can dance like Isaiah. In my mind, I'm like, Isaiah can't dance at all. <laughs> Isaiah has no rhythm. He can't move. He's got no hips. He's got no feet. Like, it, it's amazing to me how good he is in the ring Yeah, for as uncoordinated and, like, unathletic he is at everything else. Just, uh, <laughs> that's fine. He's got that moan down, though. He's, he's got that moan down to a T. Yeah. I think that's the one thing he practices more than the, than the Jeff Hardy <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I love that so much. I, I'd love to talk to you, though, about that whole sports entertainer pro wrestler dynamic, because while that's very much storyline, there is an underlying reality to it. Matt and I talk about it all the time on this podcast where, you know, Matt loves a good match, but in his heart, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, Matt, but you are someone who loves the entertainment value in wrestling more than anything else. So what have you learned during that process, DG, about trying to find the right balance between the hard-nosed technical style that you were trained with and getting that personality to come out more in the ring here? Yeah, I feel like I've always struggled with um, being a technical wrestler. I think this is something that most technical wrestlers struggle with. People automatically think we're boring. You're right, right. Same thing with, um, you know, if you look at somebody like 2.0. Yep. Because they are so goofy and monoxious, they'll never have a match that people consider great. It's right. always, oh, that was a fun, good match. Being a technical wrestler, you know, even if you have personality and have layers to your character, people just always view you as a boring wrestler. With no right, personality. right, right. It's like really hard to get yourself out of that, um, out of that hole, kind of. But I've always wanted to lead with my wrestling first mm -hmm. because I've always wanted to show my skill. You know, that's why I always wore pretty plain gear, like plain boots, 
like normal haircut. Like I'm, I'm a very normal looking person because I've always wanted to lead with my wrestling. Like the first thing I wanted people to notice was my in-ring ability. You know, so I was doing that at AEW for a while, obviously for a couple of years on the indies before AEW. Got to AEW and I'm still doing it. It was working out pretty good. I was getting some good matches. Uh, crowd reactions, I felt like were going up. And, um, you know, I get put into the Jericho group. And uh, Jericho really wanted us to be sports entertainers. And I'm like, man, like, this could be really cool. Like me yeah. saying I'm a sports entertainer. And at first it was like a cool dynamic because, you know, I was saying I'm a, I was a sports entertainer when I really wasn't acting like one at all. I was still <laughs> right. wearing black trunks. I was still wearing right. black boots, still doing all this stuff. And then, you know, I would add in little things like, you know what, like, what would somebody who's a pro wrestler do if they think they were a sports entertainer? You know what, they'd probably wear like a goofy Kangol hat. You know what, they would probably try to have like a dumb catchphrase. So I would add in these little, <laughs> bit, little bit of layers. And then, you know, the storyline of Brian happened where I was battling between being a pro wrestler and a sports entertainer, mm -hmm. you know, I got put back into the Jericho group, you know, uh, a, lot, a lot of people were mad about that. And, you know, I, when I got put back into the group, I felt like I was kind of complacent. I felt like, um, you know, I kind of took a couple steps backward after the, uh, after the Brian storyline. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to go all the way with this. I'm going to change my gear. I'm going to put on these stupid leather pants. I'm going to change my theme song. I'm going to start dancing in the ring. I'm going to start doing all these things to, uh, you know, when something's not working, I feel like you got to start making some changes. Yeah. And that was a big deal for me yep. when I started to uh, buy into my own character rather than reject it. Yeah. It's what do you think about that, Matt? I, no, I mean, I agree with that. And it, it's great that we're at a, a point in time with the wrestling fans, especially the AW wrestling fans, is they're very smart fans, right? You know, and that's how – that's how Tony kind of, uh, that's how he produces the show to, uh, for smarter, more intelligent, diehard wrestling fans to watch and understand. Uh, he can do this gig and people still know he's a great wrestler and he'll still demonstrate great wrestling in matches. But it reminds me of a, a Dean Malenko in a lot of ways. So Dean had a hard time in the beginning, right, wrestling because he's this amazing wrestling mm -hmm. who knows, knows all these holds. He did that and a lot of people gave him that same shit. They like, he's a bore, he's boring. You know, he's a small guy, boring. You know, and he, Dean is one of the funniest guys you'll meet. Mm -hmm. He's like hilarious. He's got a ton of personality. But if there had been a way back in the day, you could have put out a little bit of that personality to match that. It would have probably helped him some. But like Dean was incredible as a wrestler. But he got that stigma, like you said, where, oh, he's just kind of a boring wrestler. Yeah. You know, and it's important that you put some flavor in it. And you seem like you're charismatic and you've got this great character, this, this persona that uh, is, is super fun and over the top. But like at the end of the day, you can do that, and these people watch your wrestling. They go, "Holy shit, he's really good, though." So, so I dig him. I'm behind him, and I think when the synergy of both of them come together and they meet, that's when you become a big star. Definitely, and and it's very reminiscent to the career of Chris Jericho, where Jericho was known, yeah. you know, coming out of Japan, coming into ECW, is this guy who could really work, right? He's this really exciting worker, and then everyone knew he was good. But once he leans into that cruiserweight champion character in WCW and you get the list and all the, you know, the thousand holds, all the entertaining Jericho things where he's jabbing at Goldberg, jabbing at Goldberg, that's when everyone's like, oh, wow, okay, Chris Jericho has got this personality and he can work too. What have you learned from working with Chris over the past year and a half, Dan, and, and how has he helped bring the personality out in you? So Jericho was really good at um, letting you find your own way. 
there are so many times where after a match, I'll go to Chris and be like, hey, was this right or was this wrong? Like, what did you like about this? What did you like about that? And he just kind of doesn't give you an answer. Kind of goes like, oh, it was great. You know, and I feel like that's by design. He wants mm -hmm. you to find your own way. He doesn't want to have to lead you in a direction too far or like pressure you into feel like you having to do one thing over another. I feel like he's very good at that. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing I learned working with Chris and 2.0 and Hager, all all the guys in the Jericho group, even Sandy and uh, Tanara, Anna as well, is they gave me like the the um the confidence to you know just try new things and the confidence to uh to fail you know um mm -hmm. try try something and if it doesn't work it's okay that's the biggest thing that i learned from chris and those guys you know have the confidence to possibly fail it's okay yep. people will forget about it next week if it's terrible it's all right that, that that is something that is very important in pro wrestling especially yeah. succeeding you you have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone you have to be willing to step out of the parameters that you normally do week in and week out and try something new and if you fail that's okay you might succeed you know you, you won't hit 100 percent, but it is something that is important to do yeah matt chris is one of your best friends in wrestling you've known him for decades what do you think working with someone like daniel garcia accomplishes when you're a chris jericho uh, I mean, I think Chris is big on that. I know he's big on giving back. He's big on working with younger talent. He, he's been very adamant about that his whole time here at AEW. And, and Chris is, he makes a very good point. Like, I see what Chris is saying as far as leaving like an answer open-ended. Chris might have a personal opinion on something he did, you know, that maybe he, he didn't like or he would have done it a different way. But he said, no, it was good. I'm glad you tried that or whatever. Because I think deep down, Chris wants you not to be afraid mm -hmm. to step out of the comfort zone and do things because that's when you step out of the comfort zone and you experiment. That's when, you know, that's when you can make greatness happen too. broken mat was something that a lot of people never thought was going, going to take off or whatever. And I stepped outside and I tried something really extreme and, mm -hmm. you know, fortunately it worked out. <laughs> Definitely was really extreme. So has that made you better Dan? Because, and listen, I'm not putting words in your mouth here. I genuinely would love to know when you had that tease of maybe joining the Blackpool Combat Club or teaming up with Brian Danielson, your goat, like that's your guy, like was part of you kind of hoping that maybe that would be the creative direction? Hell yeah, part of me was the creative direction. You know, I'm not big on regrets. I don't like to look backwards and uh, think about like what could have been or what was, but yep. you know, in the moment I was very, 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 very uh sad about the situation you know jericho's told the story so many times that you know i was originally supposed to be put with brian in the original blackpool combat club right like when i first initiated and um you know jericho needed me for his group so i got taken out of that put with jericho and jericho told me when he told me the news that i was going to be in jes i was just like this like because in my mind i'm like damn i know i was supposed to be put with brian in a couple weeks like this is sad you know so then once i started like okay, like this Brian thing like could be happening in a bigger way where I already got over a little bit and now it could be like a big payoff of a big storyline that I'm going to be putting with Brian. I'm like, this is really cool. But, you know, um, I don't know if I was ready at that point to be put with Brian to be a baby face. I, I think it was, um, you know, sometimes I think God, it's, it's like a slingshot. He pulls you back, you know, just so he can release you into a big, into a further position, you know, so you can go far. So I feel like that's what the situation was. Not that I was in a bad spot being with Chris at all, but, you know, wanting to be with Brian, I felt like it was God saying, like, not yet, not yet. Like, I got something bigger planned for you. And then got released and 
start flying. Yeah. Hopefully I keep flying for a little bit. Yeah. What do you think about that attitude, Matt? Uh, that's the attitude to have. I mean, pro wrestling, and I've probably said this around you, I've said it to Isaiah many times. I mean, pro wrestling is all about making the most of whatever you have to work with. You know, here at AW, it's a really unique experience because this is a, a newer company in the big scheme of things. And, uh, I mean, you can't, like, look back over the course of 10 years and see how someone's done in AW over 10 years. Have they been taken care of? Have they changed? Have they matured? Have they, you know, became a great wrestler and a great sports entertainer? Uh, you know, we really don't know. It's a work in progress, right? But I, I just think with what you're doing and the path you've taken, that's the correct attitude. And just to look at it, that's like, well, okay, we'll take a couple steps back, but then you're going to go many more steps forward. And and that's, that's all we can do in pro wrestling, you know. And if you're good, I believe this too, if you're good, talent always shines through. And talent will always rise to the top, like cream always rises to the top. It always will. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think also it really does pay off in the dividend of making you more well-rounded, being in the Jericho Appreciation Society has added more depth to who Daniel Garcia is. And Matt always talks about all the time where you can have a million great five-star matches on a show, and that's awesome. But it's that character development, just as if this was any other TV show that you watch, you need to have something that the fans are going to buy into other than just being able to out-wrestle Brian Danielson. And I think that working in the Jericho Appreciation Society has helped you on that. Now, with that said, what was it like for you being able to wrestle Brian Danielson and have those quality matches with him? Because I know that, I mean, that's your guy. Yeah, wrestling Brian was the coolest thing ever. I mean, we've had three singles matches. The last one was a two out of three falls match at the, um, the Game of Thrones version of the yeah, AEW yeah, show. Yeah. And, you know, whole crowd chanting my name after, whole crowd chanting, you're a wrestler, which was really cool. Um Wrestling Brian meant the world to me. You know, I, I learned so much from him as a, not just a wrestler, but as a human. Brian is one of the best people I've ever met in my life. 100%. Um, being able to tag with Brian a couple weeks after in D.C. against Jericho and Sammy, my mom and my cousins drove to the show. They were sitting in front row for it. Like some of that stuff, like I'll take to the grave with me. Mm -hmm. Some of the coolest stuff I've ever done in my life. Uh, Brian, Brian Danielson, it can't be understated. He is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, really, really is. And and I love the fact that he was this amazing technical wrestler, you know. And then like once he did that angle with Kane and all the yes stuff, you know, the, you know, Team Hell No and the yes, yes, yes. I mean, it just you could see how that took him to another level. And just once again, it, that shows the importance of having that character, that persona, how much that did for him, and and it really allows him to put all of his wrestling on the biggest platform and really showcase it to the world because people are connected with him now because they, there's something in his personality that they really dig. 
that's what I tell Brian now. You know, we're still very close. I always tell him, like, I feel like right now I'm in my uh, team hell no era of my career. <laughs> right. Good, good, analogy, yeah. good analogy. I like that. And look what came from him out there. What is one thing you've learned from him? Because you just said you've learned a lot about life from him. It, he's very big on, um, like I said, patience and gratitude. Like he's given me a couple books on, on things like that. Now, me and Brian are very close. He's um, obviously in my opinion, maybe the best wrestler of all time, but it's even crazier to me that he's might be like a better human than he is. A not might be like he is a better human than he is a wrestler. This is a true story. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put this tea out there. Cause I have to, in the nature of this conversation, Matt, um, at the all out 2021 pay-per-view when Danielson debuted, it was the big surprise debut. You know, it's one in the morning because it's an AEW press conference and things are going super late. And I'm out there tweeting and I tweet, uh, Brian Danielson says, like, Daniel Garcia is at the top of this list of people that he wants to work with. Immediately, my phone lights up. Daniel Garcia is calling me, calling, not texting, calling me. And then I think he realized I was still in the press conference. So he immediately shuts it off. He's like, bro, did he really say that? Did, did he really put me over like that? I was like, yeah, man. Like, so... I mean, how meaningful is that for you that this guy that you idolize wanted to wrestle you? Yeah, I remember talking to Bear Bronson at that pay-per-view. Like, we were, I was new to AEW. Um, I wasn't on the pay-per-view at all, but I remember talking to Bear Bronson and going like, oh, you're going to work with that guy. Like, he's going to want to work with you. And me being like, oh, like, that, that's a crazy thought to have. Like, he probably doesn't even know who I am. I've been <laughs> at AEW for, like, two months at this point. Probably doesn't watch my matches, da-da-da. Then I get back to my, uh, get back to my hotel. You know, I'm just on Twitter and I, I see the two and I'm like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> it, like, it, it's like if you're a basketball player and like, you know, and not even like a high level basketball player. If, um, you know, if Luca sees Michael Jordan talking about him, that's it makes sense. Like that's Luca. Sure. But at that point in my career, I was like, you know, I don't like Kelly Oubre. Like if, if Michael Jordan was talking <laughs> about Kelly Oubre, like that's what it felt like to me. Like it, it was an insane feeling. If LeBron is like, I really want to square up with Evan Fournier. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm my, uh, like, I don't go on my phone too much. Like, yeah. I try to get my phone. I'm kind of hard to get a hold of. So, like, right when I saw that, I was like, let me bust up this phone and text John out there right now. <laughs> Want to step aside for a quick second, everyone, and remind you that this episode of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy is presented to you by Game Time. Game time has got you covered for all of your last-minute ticket needs. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, wrestling, and theater events all near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You guys know my deal. I've told this story many a times. It was very important for me to see Bruce Springsteen on tour. And Game Time hooked me up at the very last second, 45 minutes before the show, and gave me enough time to get over to the arena with a killer deal on my ticket to see the boss. It's one of my favorite concert-going experiences of my life, and I have Game Time to thank for that. With Game Time, you can see the view from your seat before you actually buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive at the arena or the stadium or the theater, wherever it may be. All-in prices, they show you your total up front. So you know you're getting a great deal without all those hidden fees, and you can buy those tickets in seconds 
with just two taps on the app. And I want to tell you about their zone deals because I think this is one of the coolest things about game time. With their zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time's going to credit you 110% of the difference. So how can we make this reality? Let me tell you how. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code HARDY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code HARDY, H-A-R-D-Y, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Uh, It was great, man. It was great. And I've been so fortunate to see your career grow. I mean, you really have become... Just such a fantastic pro wrestler. But aside from that, you've grown into your own as a human being. And I think surrounding yourself with great people like Zay and Matt Hardy, I mean, that goes such a long way. So I got to ask you then, were you a Hardy Mark growing up? Like, what what was your introduction to the Hardy Boys? And I will say you were a big part of my career, too. So let's not let that uh, fall. I appreciate that. That's helped me a lot. Um, Yeah, I was a big Hardy Mark, of course. Uh, I had a brother growing up, an older brother. So... I think any brother pair, they want to visualize themselves as being the Hardy Boys. <laughs> I remember um, being in my mom's bed when I was very young, sleeping in my mom's bed. And I, I think it was like the Titantron from a video game. Like me and my brother were replicating it. Like the black and white one where you guys have the hair all oh, your face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. kind of like rubbing know, like exactly. heads together. Like mm-hmm. I remember trying to replicate that with my brother in my mom's bed being like, oh, mom, look, we're the Hardy Boys. I was like four years old. And like she just being so annoyed with us, like stop, like go, go to bed, like quit rubbing <laughs> your heads together and go to bed. So yeah, I was the biggest Hardy Boy Mark growing up. I, I had like an old vintage Hardy Boys T-shirt that I can't find, but you know it, it, was, it was vintage from the nineties. I love it. Were we were were you Matt or Jeff guy? I like Matt. Matt was Matt was, Matt was my favorite out of the two because I think even when I was young, I could see like you know. Sometimes I consider myself like a like a wrestling like visionary a little bit, and I think even when I was a kid, I could see like you know like this person is controlling the pace of the match right now. Like like this is the guy in the ring. Like even though like Jeff is doing all the cool stuff, like I can tell this guy is in full control of everything that's going on right now. And I think that's what I appreciated about Matt, even as like a, a five year old kid. Amazing, yeah. I'm the architect. Jeff's the rock star. <laughs> Matt is is Zay the Jeff Hardy of their pairing and and DG the Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's hundred percent accurate. Yeah, yep, hundred percent accurate. I so figured as just, much. Just, yeah, just tell me what to do, DG. <laughs> cool. I I figured as much. I, Matt, seeing guys like Daniel Garcia come to you. For advice and and forming those relationships, I mean, you guys are more than twenty years apart, uh, but you're you're forging this great bond. What does that do for you at this stage in your career to be able to forge those relationships? I mean, it's it's great. It keeps me young too. You know, I feel like it it helps revitalize my love and my passion for stuff, and especially just being able to hang with the younger, cooler kids. It's 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 always great, man, and I love it. Once again. Uh, DG, great human being through and through and through. So it's, it's always fun, man. Anytime we're together and we're kind of just talking shop or either talking shit, whatever, there's always a lot of laughs, you know, always fun. What does he do in the ring for you as a performer? Because you've had a chance to square up with him a few times. 
Uh, it's been great. I mean, every time I've been in the ring with him, it's been been a pleasure. It's been a blast. And he's like, a, he's got a very great ring awareness, you know, from the little bit I've got to work with him, you know, like he's very aware of like what's going on. And some guys don't get that. I remember that's just, that's something that I really tried to drill in Isaiah and, and Quinn's head. I said, like, be aware, like, with what you're doing, like, when you come down, when you do your entrances, like, if the hills are behind you, like, don't go up and turn your back. Or, you know, if we were tight on time, like, you know, make your pose a little shorter because mm -hmm. we got to move, you know, like, once again, you kind of, it's, it's very interesting when you're doing live TV or if you're doing something that's even taped for a certain, you know, uh, uh, time, time element where you have like nine minutes and it's a, it's a, it's a real hard nine minutes. You know, you have to know how you can get in all your stuff and how you can optimize each one of those seconds that you're given. Yeah. And that's something I really drilled in their head hard in the beginning because they would come to the ring and they'd kind of like lose track of time. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they, they would just work in the beginning. If we have six minutes, like they're doing, a hog wrestling match where there's no time limit. You know, you just go out and just do all your shit and do whatever. Like you kind of have to get to it. E each one of those moments you have in that ring, each second, each minute is precious. Yeah. It's crazy how much better Isaiah has gotten. At oh, it is pretty much every aspect of wrestling yeah. since being able to yeah. work with you. I think that run on dark where, um, you know, he was working with you every single week yep. at tag yep. matches. I feel like that was like, you know, so valuable. to It, it is. I mean, his, he, he has grown leaps and bounds, man. How have you seen that growth, DG and Zay? I'm really curious from another wrestler's perspective because Matt and I talk about Zay's growth a lot on this podcast, and I read the social media comments, and you know, you're going to get your smart asses who are like, oh, "It's just working with the Hardy Party." What what kind of advancement is there? I'm curious from your perspective, how has he improved as a wrestler? Yeah, from what I see, so. Um... You know, I won't pretend like I'm an expert on his wrestling style. He wrestles a very different style than I am. He structures matches in very different ways than I do. But from an observer standpoint, somebody who doesn't do that style, um, it's it's insane the growth that he's had. You know, I feel like for a while, um, Isaiah was just kind of like you said, you know, like, what can I get into this match? Yeah, like, yeah. What cool things can I get in? What transitions could I get in? What dive can I get in? But now, like, he always says to me, he says to me, you know, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a sports entertainer. That's what that's what he always says. So I think now he is way more focused on, you know, less is more. I think he's very focused on getting in, um, you know, unique character moments that can get the crowd to react and can get the crowd to pop. I feel like he's yep. more focused on making one thing very memorable rather than trying to fit a bunch of stuff into one match that nobody will remember. Yeah, 100%. And I agree with that. Whenever I first started working with him and Quinn, they were saying, oh, well, what about this spot and this spot and this spot and this spot and this spot? And then like when Quinn got hurt, unfortunately, and he was gone away, then I was with Isaiah and we had this thing that we did with Ethan Page, which I really enjoyed that angle. And I, I felt like it helped everyone a lot at that time. But then Isaiah got to the point where he started coming to the realization, like, what? Let's think about the moment we've got to get in this match. We're trying to tell a story and what we're doing. It's not necessarily about the, the moves you know, or the spot. It's about the moment. And then also he got the moan started coming along. It was a great... Uh, characteristic uh, of his persona at which people started buying into. He has the whole arena. He would do the moan and then they give him the moan back, you know? So like the way he sits down and, and thinks about a match now, as opposed to thinking about like all, how much of my shit can I get and how many moves can I do in this match? Like, what are the moments we need to do and what, what is the story we're telling? And I'll wrap a couple cool moves into that story. And that's, I'm so proud of him that he's got that mindset now. Dan, did like you go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your oh. point. Sorry. Well, I was just see improvement as, you know, like a, 
moving up on the card. I feel like that's what fans look at. Either yeah. improvement as moving up on the card or getting like super jacked. That's what they always see improvement is. When a lot of the time improvement is, you know, subtle stuff that the audience can't see that only performers can see. Yeah. And it's just being able to be given the chance to show that improvement at a higher level. Yeah. Not that's when people yeah. will see that it's actual improvement. Very well said. How have you adjusted from the indies to AEW? Because you just gave a few examples there of how Zay's game has been tweaked from, say, laying together a House of Glory match to this. Because you had, in 2021 specifically, one of the greatest indie years that anyone has ever had. It was like a top-tier run where you were working every top promotion in the country all over the place and putting on 20-minute classics every single show that you were on. How did you translate that? into working TV style for AEW? Uh, I keep telling trainees at the school that I train at, like indie wrestling to TV wrestling, it's like a completely different sport. Yeah. Like if you're playing, <laughs> if you're playing basketball, like it's, it's, it's way, it's not even like the same game at all. You know, like when I was in the indies, like doing all those matches, I thought like, you know, like, I was like, man, like I'm one of the best in the world. Like I'm feeling myself. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of people that can do what I do on the level that I'm doing it at with the consistency that I have right now. That's how I felt. But then like I got to TV and I'm like, man, like none of that stuff really matters at all. Like unless you're on a pay-per-view, which uh, you know, you can have like a more loose, longer, free form mm -hmm. style match, which I think indies do help with a lot. But I think um the indies helped a lot with just, you know like learning yourself, knowing how to, knowing how to navigate certain waters, knowing how to talk to people, knowing how to, you know, work with people. I feel like it's high school doesn't really prepare you for your job when you're older, but it prepares you how to interact with people. It prepares you how to navigate life. And I feel like mm -hmm. indie is the same way to TV wrestling. Like the in-ring stuff is way different, completely different, like not even the same sport, but I feel like it really helps you learn how to, work at that level from a locker room standpoint, from a um, political standpoint, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, I mean, indie wrestling and television wrestling are like different monsters completely. You know, you're working when you do an indie show for however a couple hundred people or whatever it is in the crowd, and and and, and that's your environment. And, and you can go out and you can have the craziest match. You can take all the time in the world. Nobody's going to be flipping channels. When you're doing TV wrestling, though, uh, it, it's, it's tighter. Uh, it's more about the story and the moments than the actual moves. You know, like you said, unless you're doing a blow off or like the, the big pay-per-view and, and people are waiting for this great epic wrestling match. Mm -hmm. But typically on TV, you are playing to a crowd that is watching across the world. And, you know, they also, if you go slow or you do something that you might do in any match, they can turn that channel too. Yeah. So it's very important. Uh, TV matches very go, 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 go. Tell your story, get it in, and you're out. Cody has dropped so many good tidbits of knowledge to me yeah. like over the past couple of years since I've known him. And he said, this is like one of the things that stuck with me. He said, anybody can get over during a 20 minute match. Mm. That's easy. They're seeing you for 20 minutes, but uh, you know, get over during a five minute match, get over during a six minute match. Like, that's, that's the hard. Yeah. Part, yeah. That's, you know? that's challenging. Like I would hope you could get over in a 20 minute match. Right. You're on screen for 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a great mentality. That's a great piece of advice that, he gave you, but you came up through the Indies and got recognized at a time where 
the talent pool was just so rich with these future main eventers. I mean, you and Carmelo Hayes were probably two of the top guys on the indies at, at one point when he was doing Christian Casanova. To see your peers who are around your age now finding their ways into these companies, whether it's AEW, WWE, wherever it may be, I mean, how fulfilling for you as a fan of the art and of the process is that? Man, that's the coolest thing ever. It does make me a little bit not sad for the wrestlers, sad for the indies. Indies, um, you know, every couple of years, I feel like it gets raided, it gets ransacked, and then we're just <laughs> depleted. And then we're in a rebuilding phase. And then once those people get rebuilt, they get taken too. But I mean, that's the way that wrestling goes. And I'm very happy everyone is getting jobs. But I remember... I remember sitting in the pandemic in that locker room with Christian at Limitless Wrestling, you know, wrestling in front of, when I say nobody, literally nobody because yeah. it's a pandemic. Right. So I drove 12 hours to Maine to wrestle in front of nobody, you know, uh, and me and Christian having talks just, you know, man, like in a couple months, like talking about the conversations that we were having with certain higher ups in, in WWE and AEW and just being like, man, like in a couple months, like we're going to be, we're going to be running this game. I don't think either of us expected us to get to the level that we were at so quickly, but it's crazy to see it all come to fruition. And we, we still say to this day, you know, like the conversations that we're going to be having at our family cookouts when we're, when we're 40, 50 years old is going to be insane. We're going to be looking <laughs> back at these times. Fantastic. I, mi I miss you, Christian. I do. Well, he's doing all right. That, that kid might make it someday. Okay. Uh, You're a big advocate is too, right, John? Say that again. I said you're a big advocate of his too, right? Carmelo I mean, Hayes. I don't think, I don't think you could watch Carmelo Hayes and not think he's the future of WWE. Yeah. It's just, I, I, I feel like I feel like him, Carmelo, and Danny are like two of the guys you have really went to bat for more than anybody else. You said like yeah. keep an eye on these; they're going to be big deals. I mean, you've told me that since day one. I mean, it's just something that when you know, you know, right? Like you see. Yeah. You see it in someone. We always talk about that it factor, but I've had a really fortunate experience of getting to know both of them very well personally. And you know when someone has the right mentality for it. And Matt, I've learned so much of that from you of how you navigate the difficult circumstances of the industry and how you play the right cards. And, and they're just two very street smart people when it comes to that. Plus, you add in the physical acumen and the skill set. It's going to translate very well. And I think it's cool because you both come from this era where you have this appreciation for the art of pro wrestling, but you recognize the importance of blending in reality with it. And like, like I've said this, I think I've told you this, Dan, when I look at Carmelo Hayes, I see the living, breathing incarnation of the Allen Iverson practice rant. Like mm -hmm. that is the Carmelo Hayes character. And I know you're appreciative of like, that type of background and that played a lot into your swagger that you carry it's just so cool to see that level of talent uh, succeeding and, and matt i'd love to know like when you would see your peers reach successful limits in the industry did that give you personal gratification seeing their success yeah 100 percent. i mean even when we first came up and got hired by wb you know we were the first of like the omega powers the omega crew and, you know, I was doing whatever I could to try and help all our other guys out. And it was cool, too, because, you know, we got hired. And very shortly thereafter, you know, Shane and Shannon, they ended up going to WCW doing three count. Was able to get uh, 
Jason Arndt, who was Joy Abs, he came in, got a spot, you know, and like kept building guys up. You know, Christian York, Joy Matthews at one point, Steve Carino, we were doing some stuff, what we could to try and help him out. Just especially guys that we ran hard with back in the indies, you know, and that was that was very meaningful to me. It, it meant a lot. The Dups, you know, those were guys that were in a contract for a little while and went out to development on WWE, you know. So, yeah, it, it was important. Caprice Coleman, he's another one of my guys that we actually trained him from the start, you know, and he's a great dude. It's great seeing him do this opportunity with AEW and ROH. But, yeah, man, it, you take a lot of pride in that, especially because you're in the trenches with all those people. Just like you said, you were sitting there at the, the pandemic. I mean, we did that same deal where we would drive to Philadelphia, we would drive to New York, and we'd do shows for, you know, I'd come home. I, we'd get paid 20 bucks or whatever. My dad said, oh, did you make money? I said, oh, 20 bucks. And he's like, you better quit that damn wrestling. <laughs> he said, go take the civil service test and, and be a be a mailman. Damn it. You'll have insurance at least. <laughs> you know, but once again, we we uh, you know we, we stuck in there and we, we made it work. And then our dad became our biggest fan at the end of the day. Yeah. When you're in those trenches, in those hard times, you never forget those people that you're close with. And you always want to see what's best for them. Well, and, and that's exactly where I kind of got to know those guys even better. Like, I've known Christian Carmelo Hayes for almost eight years now, but and I met Dan when he was 19, but, like, just when you're in those small environments with the pandemic and everything, I mean, we'd have to get COVID tested going to these small indie shows, and when he says wrestling from no one, we're talking 10 people in the room. I mean, it, it was it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy, but the you fact little that... little obstacles that have been left out for eight hours at a time. <laughs> oh. It was crazy. But the fact that you were able to break out during that time is a testament to your character, to your talent, and it shows what you're capable of doing. Is there anyone on the Indies right now that you've got your eyes on that you would love to see break out and make it to that next level? Man, I really love these guys. Um, the Suavecitos from the West Coast, they're, they're super interesting. The Suavecitos and Adrian Quest, they're um, – they're from like LA area. They wrestle for West Coast Pro a lot. Mm -hmm. Whenever I watch them, they just like grab my attention. They're super interesting. Um, Titus Alexander is amazing. Uh, Kevin Blackwood, obviously my guy. I think he's one of the best independent wrestlers yeah. in the world right now. I like him a lot too. Super talented. You know, I feel like the Indies have like a lot of um, a lot of like rich talent right now. I feel like they just need to kind of tap into how to be, how to present themselves is like larger than wrestling. Just like how Melo did, just like how Moriarty did when we were on the Indies, just how like me and Yudo were kind of able to do at that point. I feel like uh, they need to kind of just start presenting themselves more as, you know, like we're bigger than this little indie company. I think that's great. I think that's a fantastic way to approach it. And coming from someone who was able to channel indie success into a contract with AEW, I mean, that's a great piece of advice for everyone out there uh what are your thoughts on adam copeland coming in and now seeing this potential opportunity of having one last edging christian hardy boys match here it's cool i mean i uh was edge was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up I, yeah. I was a huge fan of his and you know being able to see one last edge and christian matt hardy jeff hardy match like that would be insane groundbreaking you know like and i know they would do it to the Obviously, they do everything to the best of their abilities, but I know they would do it justice. I know they wouldn't try to, like, you wouldn't go into the match thinking that you're 25-year-old Jeff Hardy. Of course, Hardy. yeah. You would, right. go, you, you would go into right. the match, like, knowing how to make it the best version of what it can be in this year, yes. which I think is amazing and perfect, and I think a lot of people could learn a lot from that. 
I, I definitely wouldn't go into a match in 2023 thinking I'm 25 year old <laughs> Jeff Hardy. I can say that for sure. <laughs> no, no, all right. Um, as crazy as he was then, I mean, he's still half as crazy now. Uh, honestly, I would love to see at some point Edge, Adam Copeland, excuse me, or have it so hard. Adam Copeland, Christian Cage, Matt and Jeff Hardy, all his heels. Mm. I would like to see that. I think there's something there that could work for AEW. Yeah. Is it like a stable altogether? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. The original V1 stable. Yeah. The original version one. Wow. Okay. All right. And, so okay. So, so DG, you've got those four heels there. Who are you putting in your stable to take them down? Ooh. There we go. You know, I think there's money. And I've been throwing some ideas around lately of a Dan Garcia private party trio stable. Mm-hmm. So private party is in. Me, private party. And then I feel like we need like a big guy. We need like a big hoss. Let me take... I'm taking Takeshita from Don's group. Oh, there you go. Okay. And I'm putting them with me in private party. I, I okay. think that's a money stable right there. Personally, it's a unique, right there. unique crew. I like it. I like it very much. And I like that you were able to join us here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Matt, is there anything else you'd like to say about DG here? Uh, just, guys, keep your eye on him. You know, this guy, uh, oh, my God. He has an amazingly bright future. He's going to do great things, and he gets it. And on top of all that, he's a great human, one of my favorites. So keep your eye on DG. He's going to be doing big things going forward. I love it. Dan, anything else you'd like to throw out there for the Extreme Life faithful? No, thank you for having me, like being on your podcast and being able to call you a friend, a mentor is, you know, one of the coolest things that's happened to me in wrestling. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for doing it, man. Thank you, everything for John. I appreciate you, man. You're the best. I appreciate you, DG. Thanks for hopping on the Extreme Life with us. Great conversation there with DG, Matt. Loved having him on the Extreme Life. What did you take away from that? Uh, I really think there's a lot of people that are just starting to learn about Danny Garcia and his whole personality and his character and kind of like what his makeup is all about. And I'm really glad to help amplify that here at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. I think people are going to come away from this and they're going to go, wow, this is a really interesting guy. If I haven't checked him out already, I want to check him out now. Definitely do, because I think, as you said earlier on this show, he is going to be one of the pieces of the foundation of pro wrestling, whether it's AEW, WWE, New Japan, wherever the hell he wrestles for years to come. I think he's going to be a significant player in that and i have nothing but great things to say about his character i know you attest to that character as well and uh hopefully your bio zay doesn't corrupt him to the point of no return that's all i can hope for <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> good stuff my friend uh, i want to remind everyone if you're watching on youtube you see that qr code right there scan it take a look through our extreme life of matt hardy merchandise get yourself a great little t-shirt a baseball tee, a sweatshirt. We're approaching the fall weather. We Our sweatshirts were down for a while, but they're back up. Oh, look at you. You're scanning it right now. There you go. Did it work? Yeah. There you go. There you have it. Boxofgimmicks.com. Extreme Life of Matt Hardy store. That's going to be a place. Make sure you check out our live show at WrestleCade coming to you November 24th, of course, as I said. And if you'd like to join us here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, we want you to do so. Promote your business to the extreme. Advertise with Hardy.com. Get your business, get your product out in front of thousands of listeners every single week. And we always appreciate a good five single, five single, five star review. So make sure you leave that 
as well. Matt Hardy, good luck this week on Dynamite, Rampage, wherever you may end up. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, uh, you never know where you may land when you get out here. Dynamite, Rampage, who knows? But uh, thank you very much for wishing me well. And uh, whatever I do, I'm going to go out there and kick ass. It's what you do. You've been doing it for a long time now, going on 31 years. And there's hopefully many more to come. The words have been spoken. We will see you next week right here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Delete!